This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. to another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. I guess it was inevitable that we wouldn't follow up the impressive win against West Ham with a stellar performance against the Hornets because the final score at Ashton Gate, it finished uh, City 1, Watford 1. I have to say, for my part, I thought Watford were one of the more enterprising sides to uh, come to Ashton Gate and they're undefeated since we beat them on Boxing Day, but there was to be no repeat of that 4-1 victory. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Ian, Mark and uh, Neil. So, uh, chaps, uh, as we normally do, uh, you first, Mark, 30 seconds as you walked away from Ashton Gate. Happy, middling or what? You first, Mark. I think um, it, at the end of the day, it was a point one against a Watford side that look like they're going to be challenging for the playoffs, whereas we're not because they have more quality through the squad. Uh, gave us a lot more problems with their high press and winning runners with Deli Bashiru being exceptional in the first half. Wesley Hook, like a rock uh, in defence, stopped us from getting through. But uh, we were competitive, but um, our frustrations are the lack of goals. We okay. were pretty decent in defence. Tanner, again, outstanding right of a free. But if we can't score goals and we have still have the sixth lowest scoring average in the division, we won't be going anywhere. So small progress. Scott Twine had a decent debut, but same frustrations coming out. Need to score goals. Otherwise, no challenge coming from anywhere. OK. Ian, uh, your thoughts? If there's such a thing as a, a good 1-1 one, one draw, uh, this was it. Uh, I thought Watford were the better side in the first half. I thought we were a bit sluggish, lacked tempo. Um, I mean, Tommy Tommy once again lacked service up front. I don't think the two tens was working particularly well until we scored. And then we went up a, a little bit after that. But I don't know what Manning said to him at time, but it worked because the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the second half, Watford were hanging on a bit. Then they came back into the game. So... Overall, I think uh, uh, it was a, a decent, a decent performance. Not not outstanding, uh, but 
yeah, a, a, if there's such a good thing as a home, good home point, that was a good home point, I think. Okay. Neil, your uh, your thoughts on, on, the, on the game? Well, I always think about um, FA Cups or whatever, when you have a hard game in the week, when you really push, put that effort in, mentally and physically, it does take a bit of a toll. I thought first half in particular, very sloppy, sloppy in our passing, sloppy in our execution. The one thing I take from it, is we almost played like an under-12 team that had a, a new best player on the pitch. You know, every time we were looking to get Twine on the ball, looking to get Twine on the ball, looking to get Twine on the ball. And not always that was the better option. Mm. Um, we were trying to force issue, particularly in the second, uh, first half. Twine, again, looked first half as if he was trying to do too much, mm. forcing the ball. Um, his pass completion, first half, not very good at all. But fantastic goal from him. Fantastic okay. follow-up. We'll come on to that in a minute. We we'll come on to that. Yeah, I mean, the starting lineup, uh, starting lineup, Mark. Uh, would would you have been tempted to start with Twine on the bench? And Neil's alluded to the fact that the players were a little bit tired. Well, you know, Knight had been rested, although that was through illness. I agree with Neil. I thought we were sluggish for the first twenty odd minutes. Then we got back into it when we got that goal, the the equaliser. Then we eased off a bit. We were the better team in the second half. But what, what did you think of the lineup? It, it's sort of picking itself at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, there's no way we we're going to leave Scott Twine on the on the on the bench, David. So we went we went for the same formation as we did uh, against West Ham with a three four two one, and you know t t that's top that's Scott Twine's best position. He was played out of position at Hull. Um, thought in the first half we stood off them and 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 what they were just waiting to catch us in the net near the halfway, turn the ball over and then they were springing Chekovatse uh, on the left and Espria on the right and carrying a lot of threat without really creating clear cut chances, yeah. which was was quite strange and it, that that was a pattern that uh, that that carried on through the match. Yeah. We were more competitive in the second half because we 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 really blocked up uh, the the mid the midfield. Uh, and we had, I mean, for the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, we were well on top, but didn't do anything. So the game ebbed and flowed. But the first half, yeah, we were slow. They were right on top of us. They came out faster. They were more physical, quicker. To, they were winning the second ball a lot more easily. And it looked, I thought, like, oh, here, here comes a, here comes a beating. But we, we're very competitive yeah. in games. And we do that against the better teams. Yeah. Uh, when there's, you know, that that's 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 a theme this season. We're losing against the crap teams, and we're very competitive against the better ones. Yeah, that's very true. I have to agree with you there, Mark, as well. That they have, they they look nice on the ball, but mm. without ever looking threatening. Now, Ian, um, a midfield pivot, if that's the right word to use, of uh, James and Williams, Taylor Gardner, Hickman dropping down to the bench. I mean, Williams is in there on merit at the moment. I didn't think he was quite as good as he has been in uh, a couple of games. But to, what, what were your thoughts on the lineup? And McCrory, he's getting an hour. That's getting him back to full fitness. So we're starting to see a player that when he can do a full 90 is definitely going to be an asset. Oh, I think so. And I think he can also play a number of positions, which is handy when you've got a small squad. I mean, my, my idea would be to play him in a, a three-man central midfield against Forrest. Having watched... Forest against Blackpool, and then and it will be a similar lineup against us, and then watch Forest. The highlights of Forest versus Brentford. Um, one thing Forest can do is attack, and they they're two holding midfield players. If you if you think about it, 
are both good attacking players, Mangla and Danilo. And Danilo scored a cracking volley yesterday. But they're not great at the back. They're not great defending. They're, and they're certainly not great from set pieces, defending set pieces. So it's a real shame that Scott Twine's not playing because I think he, he took our set pieces up a level that we haven't seen since Luke Freeman totally was here. Totally agree. So um, the the other um, side of it, in, in terms of it, it didn't come as a great surprise to me because Joe's suspended against Forrest. So I thought he'd play 90 minutes. So I thought Taylor Gardner-Hickman might start instead of Matty James. But it, it worked out OK. I thought Matty had a, had a tidy game. Uh, once once we got up to the pace of the game, uh, because in the first half, we it was happening around us a little bit. Although, in fairness, over the 90 minutes, neither goalkeeper had a huge amount to do apart from the goals. No. And I mean, theirs was a pen. So yeah. when Rob Dickey decided he wanted to start playing yeah. volleyball. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, no, no great surprises in the lineups. And I think McCrory, when he's fit, is going to be a cracking player. Yeah, possible captain of the side next season. It depends. I mean, he's one you can look at and think, well, he'll definitely still be here. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. On the injury uh, front, I mean, we know this week because it was shown on Robin's uncut. Uh, Benarus and uh, and Rob Atkinson are back on the grass, as they say. What's the situation on Mark Sykes? Because there's going to be some interesting team selections to come to think Mark about. When Mark, Sykes, Mark Sykes will either be back. If he's not back against Forrest, he'll be available for the Coventry game. All right. And I'll ask you a quick yes or no on this. If fit, is Mark Sykes a definite starter in your 11? Against Forrest, yes. All right. I'm just talking about in general, you know, against Forrest. Yeah, I, 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 I would, I would I, because we're not scoring goals, and we're still not scoring goals, enough goals, certainly. Um, I, I bring a, and this is going to be controversial, I bring Naki in up front with Tommy. I play three in central midfield of Taylor Gardner-Hickman, Joe Williams, Ross McCrory. Sykes would be my wing back. Yeah. Um, and I'd leave Jason Knight on the bench to start with. Okay, interesting. Neil, um, the Williams-James combo, people say it hasn't got a lot of movement. And then we were playing with sort of like, Knight and Twine in behind Conway. I didn't think Knight was all action. I thought he was okay. But, you know, when those players come back, th there are some interesting decisions to make, aren't there? As, as, and as somebody said on the text feed here, you know, what is the best starting lineup and the best formation? But, um, well, I mean, first off, in particular, what, what they did last uh, Dogs Hit, Dogs Hit, what, uh, what they uh, did differently to, uh, the first game on Boxing Day is about Dele Basher in mm -hmm. on the start. And him and Kone in midfield, Kone in particular, that no doubt we'll talk about later on, they ran rings around in the first half. Yeah. You know, first there, 25 minutes. There, 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 there was four, you know, often there'd be four of our midfielders around either Basher or Kone. The speed, the pace, the movement of them all over the place. So I think in, a, in an attritional game, Williams and James have their uses. But in those sort of games with fast sort of moving midfield, they were exposed a little bit yesterday, particularly first half. I think the question of Sykes for me, obviously first half, we're watching McCrory over from uh, E32. And, you know, he, he's going to be a player. And Aberdeen fans say, oh, his best position is right wing back. 
But I think Sykes goes in there. Sykes has got five goals, two assists. Sykes is the guy that gets on, you know, Preen looks like he's back, got his mojo back yep, a little definitely. bit without Mameti in front of him. He's got a bit more space to attack and, and down the wing. Well, he hasn't got to worry about his defensive duties quite so much, has Absolutely. He? And then I think Sykes just adds a certain dynamic into the team. So Sykes, for me, comes into the right wing-back position when he's back. I don't know whether Forrest is going to be the game that he's back because you'd think he would be on the bench <clears throat> yesterday if he was going to be back uh, and ease him back in with a hamstring injury. Like Maybe he got. does half a game with McCrory instead of Sam Bell because Sam Bell starts to be the one that gets left out. All right, let's get into that. We'll talk more about the Forrest game uh, later. Um, let's go. Let's look at the goal as uh, each of us uh, saw it. Um, unlucky 13. Uh, it sort of came out of the blue mark, really, didn't it? As Ian said, Rob Dickey sort of well, wasn't volleyball as such, but, you know, did he need to have his arm up there? Was he unlucky? What did you think of uh, the award of the penalty by referee Andrew Kitchen? Oh, it was a clear-cut penalty. Didn't see it at the time. I mean, we gave away a, a free kick about 10 yards, 20 yards side half, well, halfway inside our half. So it's crossed into the area, and I watched it just before we went live. And Pring, Dickey, and I think Knight all go up with Wesley Hoop. So there's three players around Hoop, and you know, all look in different ways. And he's got his arm raised as he goes up, doesn't need to have it up there, and hits his arm clearly. And it's a penalty. Mm -hmm. A couple of Watford players um, uh, put their hands up. Hoop's, Hoop, you know, Hoop claims the penalty. Nobody else has seen it. Um, and it's a good penalty from Delhi Bashiru. He, he waits for Max to commit himself. Max dives under the ball. He hits it very hard. Uh, you know, he, he hits it just, you know, reasonable height, but with so much power that it's just flown past him. So good penalty. Um, yeah. A very soft goal to give away because I don't need any shots. I think they have one shot charged down uh, before that. But yeah, he can't have his arm up like that. But like I said, there were three players around who challenging him when the ball came in so they should have dealt with it if they if, it would have just gone over his head i think he wasn't going to connect yeah no it wasn't in a danger area what were your thoughts on the goal ian and the pen you don't see i mean max has saved the odd pen but uh he's got nowhere near the last few i've seen scored against us well you weren't going to save that penalty with two goalkeepers dave i mean it was right in the corner and been pretty high up so you know, I, I don't. I think by the time if you're expecting Max O'Leary to save penalties to keep us in games, then we've got the first bit wrong, haven't we? Daft penalty to give away. He had absolutely no need to have his arm up where it was up. Just he, I don't know what's happened. He's made a mistake. Players do it, don't they? Mm. Mm -hmm. Nick, Neil, your thoughts on the goal? Uh, the, sort well, of, I, you know, the, 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 the ground was quiet. It was sort of like yeah, yeah. straight to the I, I had a clear line, of it, <clears throat> clear line of sight, and the referee took up a very good position very clear line of sight and for me Dickey is off balance and he's falling backwards and as he's falling backwards he puts his arms yeah. up and as the others have said clear pen mm. I don't at the time I think we're like oh is that yeah and then you watch it back later on and you think you'd be absolutely disgusted if that wasn't given again yeah you know and do you so, think if we had VAR at this level the referee might have had a second check you know, just in his own mind, or was no, he, he was assertive in his decision? I thought he refereed yeah, quite well yesterday. Yeah, so. no, no, I mean, it's one of those you just have to take it clear pen, <clears throat> yeah, move on. 
Yeah, fair enough. We're Actually, good. VAR slows it down. They do look at it. Yeah. Even yeah. even the most clear-cut things, VAR does slow things and we, down. We had a little stoppage in the first half because it looked like he was having his blood pressure checked in front of the Lansdowne stand. But there was one I of said his, that. One of his little monitors on the side was um, uh, obviously playing up. Um, Scott Twine had an early uh, chance uh, after the handball, after the penalty. one They dragged his shot wide. Yeah, it was a good, good effort. That maybe should have gone in. But... Uh, Mark the uh, the goal. Give us the uh, give us the build up to it because Tommy was involved again, effectively in a one on one and a similar position to what he was uh, against West Ham. But Hamer did well with the first save. Take us through it. Yeah, Tommy. Uh, Tom, Tommy presses and wins the ball off the final defender, opens his body out and hits the ball to the right-hand corner, and Hamer stands up well and saves it with his foot. The ball spins up into the air, and the desire of Scott Twine to run into that into that bit of space and jump over Jake Livermore, who must be about five or six inches taller than him, and use him as a step ladder and head it into an empty net was great. You know, you, that's what you want your players to do. Scrape every sinew to get to those loose balls. You know, be a fox in a box and put it in the net. I mean, he should have scored with one previously, but he he should have put his foot through the ball and he, he scuffed it slightly, but he made up for it there. Great goal. So, uh, yeah, one all, and we're back in the game. Back in the game. Ian, your your thoughts on the goal? I mean, some referees would maybe have uh, awarded uh, a free kick against uh, Scott for clambering all over his uh, all over the defender's back, or no? Defender didn't jump. That was the problem. He, he just stayed there and tried to block off Twine's run. So Twine had no alternative but to jump. He went for the ball, um, and he... he he got enough on it to get it over the line and what the keeper was doing afterwards i don't know i just thought that was a <laughs> that was a real hollywood dive wasn't it because the ball was in the net before he even took off and he, then he yeah, went past the post just about that dive area and you're old enough to remember this and not sure about neil and uh, mark or some of the listeners but back in the 60s liverpool had a goalkeeper called tommy lawrence and he was known yeah. as the flying pig yeah and, and I mean, when he went for the ball after it had gone on the net, it had gone in the net, and he had half an eye on that post as well. But it just looked comical that dive, didn't it? Really, <laughs> we had we had one that was called that as well. A guy called Andy Leaning. Um, that's not kind. <laughs> well, he was. He, he, that's what. Well, that's what some people. I didn't call him it, but some people used to call him it. But I mean, I he he had one of the best goalkeeping performances here. I'll take you for a stroll down memory lane now. Best goalkeeping performances I ever saw in a city shirt away to Crew Alexandra. Believe it or not, they battered us for ninety minutes. He made about ten world class saves, and John Bailey put one uh, in the I top four. That was a night game up at Greston Road. That was in the 89-90 promotion season, and Bailey from thir thirty-five yards. Yards, yeah, yeah, tremendous goal, tremendous goal. Uh, Neil, Tommy, uh, you know, he'd have wanted to have put that one away wouldn't he you know and and he's looking you know he's he's scored goals in two highly visible games the two west ham games yeah there's rumblings of um you know clubs being interested brian tinian said uh, i had the pleasure of uh, doing the q a with him at senior reds and i think he said the club had put two uh, uh contracts in front of tommy yeah um and he's not signing either uh what did you think of his performance yesterday and the fact that he was taken off after an hour, because for me, Naki's come on, not really done a lot. But uh, the goal and Tommy, your thoughts on that? Well, what Tommy did 
what Tom is doing exceptionally well at the moment is anticipating on that last man. Yeah. And and I think they they had a different centre back combination yesterday to the four one. I think they brought Porteous in for the Chilean guy. Uh he was very, very similar to Hulk. Mm. Peralta or something. Something like that, anyway, the centre back. But he anticipated it and he just nicked in front of Porteous again. Mm. And what he's doing at the moment, playing as that last man, I think he's getting better and better on playing at that last man. And I think the general consensus, because there's about 15, 20 of us that's our season ticket block in in E32. And and I don't like this, taking Tommy off at 60. Mm. I think he he's at that stage now where he is leading the line better and better each week. And Wells comes on and we're bringing on a five foot seven guy mm. to lead the line in that sort of situation. Yeah. And I and our joke is always the first possession after Wells comes on, he gives a foul away. Every single time he comes on and pushes over the centre back or whatever like that. And it just slows he just slows the ball I, down I a little agree. bit with Wells. He comes into him and rather than uh Tommy running the channels, running the channels, running the channels, being more mobile. Wells now, I think, without being too harsh, I think his legs have gone a little bit. He hasn't got that initial zip, zip no. the five-yard zip that he used to have in relation to it. And it, it just <coughs> slows it just slows the ball down and he needs yeah. an extra He had touch. one chance after he came on that was at the near post, which I think the bloke defend, flipped, flipped it away yeah, for a corner. And you think that's a typical nappy situation. Yeah, yeah. Mark, and I'll ask you in the same question, um, Tommy, you know, he's... he's, he's I'll say back to his best, you know, look at his goal scoring record. He scored a few now. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts on him coming off after the hour and the contract situation? There's some sort of people saying on OTIB, you know, is it is it not it is, is it time to cash in or will it be in the summer if he won't sign the contract? But what are your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, if he didn't sign a contract over the summer, then really, what option are you left with but to try and sell him? Otherwise, you're left with a protracted... Uh, you, you would only have one more transfer window uh, and you're left with a player who could leave the club for, for nothing. I don't know if we get any compensation if because he's under 23, but but that's it. Um, I think he's a player that plays on the shoulder of the, of the, of the last defender, makes some good good runs, but you've got to find other ways of getting in, into, into, uh, uh, into the area, perhaps going near post. We don't see enough near post runs and taking the defender there. Uh, so you've got to have more to your game to be to be a top striker uh, in terms of beating uh, defenders as well. So he's got to find other he's got to find other ways to score than just waiting for loose back passes or or, or you know or or pressing. Mm. So I mean, sometimes yesterday um, I think that the, the service was was poor. Uh, Twine was trying quite a few things, and really he'd only had like one or two training sessions. To get up the speed with the players far too 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 early, um, so wasn't getting a lot of service. Uh, but yeah, didn't do enough. When you're the one man, if that's quite difficult, I think really. I mean, if you could, I think you could you could say if we wanted to go for the top six and we got a, we got a problem with scoring goals, should we go out and, and get somebody now in a transfer window? I mean, it seems it seems really difficult, but. With just those two players, who, who are really two specialist strikers, because I'm not counting Cornick, he just isn't good enough. He wants the Welsh is there in the club. 
Yeah, was he? He was on the bench, was he? He was on the bench. Who else is there? So you've just got yeah. you've just got uh, you've got Tommy and Naki Wells, who's about thirty-three, competing for the the, the, the striker role. Yeah. There isn't yeah. anybody else, so it's very we're very thin on the ground. If you wanted to get in the top six, do you go out and get a player in in the next well, ten days? Let's, have another talk, let's talk about that in a minute. Ian, you were at the senior Reds, and uh, Brian spoke uh, very well. Uh, I thought. Um, <coughs> Somebody said on here um, about your valuation of Tommy. So what did did you hear, Ian, what MW said? I don't know whether that's Matt on three peeps, but uh, just Tommy in, Tommy in general, you know, I mean, he's got he's got another high-profile game to show his wares against Forrest and then Coventry. So he's got two more games to show his stuff. Um, you know, do you think somebody might come in if he maybe grabbed a couple in the next two games? And we might take it if they did. And what price? Just to repeat what you said earlier in the week, because I can't remember. Well, there's there were seven scouts down there yesterday watching Tommy, not anybody else. So normally you get a pile of scouts down there and they're scouting various players and some, some are scouting the team. So you'll have somebody at our game yesterday from Forest um, watching our team and how we play and, you know, I mean, you go away with a match report, but I'm not sure how meaningful that would be because two of them are, um, one's cut tied and the other one's suspended. Um, but yes, the, the, the vultures are circling, um, but it's a question of how much. Now, at the moment, you the general consensus is you wouldn't get the money for Tommy that you'd get that you got for Scotty because he's just not as good. Um, so I, I would suggest <clears throat> that City would probably start off by asking now for a, somewhere between 12 and 15 and perhaps take a bit less. Um, I, I, I don't think um, he's getting the goals at the moment to attract that size of bid because I just interrupt and that... ask you a question here if I may so yeah. you value him at 12 to 15 the market's not um buoyant how does that no. stack up against Semenyo as Ben has said on here is Conway better than Semenyo before we sold him and you know um Semenyo was nine and a half million or whatever yeah so yeah but but once again with Semenyo you're in the summer and uh you're getting towards the summer and he's getting closer to the end of his contract. Yeah. So you, you've got a decision to make. I, I totally agree that any player that doesn't sign a contract must be sold. We can't have players of that have got a clear value leaving the club for nothing. We've had too much of that over the years. We've yeah. overpaid for players, and then they've walked out, walked away from the club for nothing. So oh, yeah. Callas um, and, and and Fam, Jiju, yeah, yeah, Jiju. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it goes on and on. And we compensation, you know, the sort of compensation we get for Tommy would be about quarter of a million if he was out of contract as a as a homegrown player. So forget that. He's had contracts put in front of him. He hasn't signed them. I think for Tommy's good, he'd be better off signing one of those contracts and getting himself some more money. And but but get a buyout clause in there. Yeah. If he if he's going well, because I looked at Tommy and I thought, right. Um, I mean, Bournemouth are linked with every player we've got, uh, and and there's good reason for that because they bought Semenyo, they bought Scott. Can you could you see Tommy as he is now getting in Bournemouth's team? 
Hang on, Mark. Let me let me finish. I, I couldn't see him getting in their team. The only <laughs> team I think he'd go to in the Premier League would be somebody like perhaps Burnley. And they're very likely going to be in the championship next season. I don't think Luton would sign him because he's not their their no. type of striker. If you've nothing against him, but he, you know they've got the the big physical lads up there. Um, so I don't know where he where he's going to go. Whether he'd go to a top championship side, uh, Leicester City, because uh, Vardy's uh, packing in, isn't he? He's, he's what's he thirty seven, thirty eight now, Jamie yeah. Vardy. So it, it might be something a move like that, and they definitely pay him a hell of a lot more money than. Yeah, we can. and I think that's the thing because you said Ian that that Scott is salary increased twelve times. You know, City yeah. have probably given Tommy a contract that's increased his salary probably three times the first time and six times the second time. But he's still probably earning half, while Alex Scott, maybe even less than that, is earning down at Bournemouth. And it's yeah, he won't be earning. Tragic that we're a bloody feeder club for that. Mark, let me. Uh, you wanted to make a comment there and then we'll get back to talking about the action yesterday. But what was your comment going to be, Mark? On the... He just doesn't have the, it, that, that sort of explosive game-changing ability, uh, ability that Semenyo and Scott had. Scott ability to dribble, uh, is, uh, beat players out of tight spaces, make, you know, go past players, win, win free kicks. Semenyo, low centre gravity, great upper body strength, can push the ball inside and outside players. He doesn't have that in his game yet. So um, he's got limited capabilities in terms of what a Premier team would be looking for. And that's well, why yeah. he, I don't think he, he, he'd attract the bids. Well, we get a chance to see Semenyo uh, against Liverpool uh, today. I'd be interested to see how he's gone. And again, we're not going to get any benefit of uh, Lloyd Kelly transfer in this window because he's out of contract in the summer. But sadly, he's uh, injured at the moment. And Scott, he's going to be playing uh, against Liverpool. Um and I don't know whether he was in the return fixture that was played a few weeks ago, but obviously Semenyo scored that goal over Anfield before they got beat. Let's get back in uh, to the action. Um, Can I just say yeah. one thing about Tommy? Go on. That role at the top of the pitch is a role that Tommy is obviously playing at the moment, and we're all saying we're not scoring enough goals. We're not doing enough in the top half. We're not taking our chances, whatever. Now, it's with regret that I say, if Tommy goes, Tommy goes. But I don't necessarily think that is such a bad thing. There you go. In in regards to it, I think it's a shame that we can't keep him at the club. But ultimately, if we're on about changing it, and I think Mark's right, uh, sorry, Ian's right about one of the things he said about the change in the summer, I think we need to be more dynamic in that position. We need, you know... If Semenyo was still at the club, that's where Semenyo would be playing. Down oh, Semenyo centre, was in. If Semenyo as a, as a was playing in a Liam Manning team, the yeah. way we're playing at the moment, he would be more effective than Tommy, most definitely. So we've got thirty-one goals in twenty-eight league games. That's appalling. You take out the three games: Hull, Middlesbrough, and Sunderland, and seven, Watford, Watford. Hull, Middlesbrough, Watford. That's ten. Ten. That's so twenty-one th in twenty-five five games. And there is, yeah, okay, a third of our goals for the season have come in three games. You know, ultimately, we it's fine margins in this, in this division. You have chances. He's got six goals this season, Tommy. Three of them have been penalties. And he so, got two in Robin when he came on as a late sub. Indeed. So, so his prolificness. From open play, 
I like Tommy. Yeah. Tommy is improving in that role, but is he good enough? No. There's, right. there's thoughts of 15 million. When you look at the goal scorers, and I've just got them up here, and I will very quickly. No, go on, you say. Smoditz, Whitaker, Armstrong, Somerville, Jason Rowe at Norwich, Hardy, Con Connor, Cha Leicester player. Connor Chapman, uh, Thomas Asante, Pira. You know, these are all good players in this division. And if if you're putting Tommy up on that pedestal saying he's a 15 million pound. Well, that's player, what that's what Matt Withers then, said. So that's Bobby Cotton. Is he better no. than the lot I've just actually said? No. I don't know. What about was... age? What about age? Take Piro, for example. How old's Piro? Well, Piro's gone for money, hasn't he? Piro's at Leeds. So anybody that's sort of he's 24. Yeah, Thomas Asante was playing for Salford one day, two seasons. Is Tommy Conway as good as Pirro? I don't know. As somebody's rightly picked up on here, Steve Taylor, well spotted, Semenyo at the AFCON. Yes, he is. All right, so there we go. Let's get back into the action, O'Neill. We could have gone in behind at half time because Spear, I don't know where our defence was then, but Tommy, go on and take us through it. And you can, yeah, you and Mark. Mark and Ian, you can have your comment on this as well. Now, I think uh, Ian is spot on about Tanner. This is my loving Ian day. The uh... <laughs> only because you met him and had a coffee with him. Well, I say the best friend. But the uh, I think uh, Tanner looks so much more comfortable, doesn't he? He's right centre back rather than right back. He just looks comfortable in that position. Yeah. But one thing, sort of ball go into that Rakovic or whatever like that. He was a top scorer in the Danish league. And what Tanner did, he ball watched. Mm. And I watched him do it. The ball, long ball in, the guy wins the header, and Tanner is ball watching. And then he wins the header against Viner, and the guy's caught on the wrong side of him. The guy who scored down the Bosnian or, or Serbian yeah. scored against Czech the Tanner. Zadzi, use your spell. That one. And then he passed it into Asprilia, and we all thought, here we go. And. A bit of a mistouch, but good goalkeeping by Max. Yeah, because he, he could have let it go between no. his legs, but he didn't. Yeah, Ian, your your thoughts uh, on the goal, and I'll also ask you uh, something else. But your thoughts on the goal first, uh, not the goal that the, um, the the save and the fact that he had all that space on that left side. You're talking about the save that Max made. The save that Max did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, it's very good goalkeeping. It's it, it's a uh, I mean, the guy has the guys out got enough time to stick in the net three times. So um, yeah, the the way we play is, is with with the with the three. You've got George Tanner sitting back, if you will, and um, that allows Cam to push on, and Cam pushes right on, and that, that's that's a tactic. So you know, we will people will say, yeah, well, they get the ball in behind your wing backs, uh, you know. And I thought, I mean, McCrory played high as well, so. When you play like that, people are going to get the ball in behind you every now and then. They just will. The only way to avoid it is go back to a play a, an actual back five, which which we don't, um, uh, uh, or uh, go back to a back four. So, um, but I mean, it's not just going back. Just like just going back a, slightly to the goals, um, to uh, our lack of goals. You know, Jason Knight. Has been getting rave notices, but in 35 appearances, he scored four times, and two of those were in the cup mm. against Oxford. So he's got two goals in 34 games, two two league goals. That's all. 
So that's why I said I'd, I'd leave him out and bring Naki in because Jason's playing almost as a second striker. Um, I think it, I don't think that's his best position. I think he's a number eight. Mm. Um, so put him back into that central three uh, in a three-five-two and bring Naki in and see how it goes with two strikers. Uh, because... Ian, Ian Neil, Neil just said about Naki. You know, he's been a little bit ineffective. Neil, yeah, but I mean, been... he's getting he's Dave. He's getting 50, 15 minutes here, ten minutes there. It yeah. is very difficult to come on, get up to speed. Sometimes you come on and it all goes right. You know, you score a cut. Look, look yeah. at Tommy at Rotherham. Came on, played out his skin, scored a couple of goals. How many times has that happened? Genuinely, not yeah, many. No, you're right. Ian, you're right. And the other so, thing with Natty, so I, I think try the two. We've got to score more goals somehow. Okay. Now you can talk all day long about two tens or four nines or three sixes, but you, you, you we've got to start sticking the ball in the net more. And you can try it in a cup game against Forest. Because no one's expects us to win. They haven't got a great. They're not great defensively. Forest, just try it. It might just work. Yeah. All right. You know, if it Mark, doesn't, you go back to what you did before. You know. Mark, um, Danny said on here, love Tommy, but if he doesn't, this is on the text feed. If he doesn't score in a game, his overall contribution is minimal, especially as a lone striker. Nowhere near good enough at this point to be a top three Championship club, let alone Premier League. But the point about his overall contribution, because Tommy can't really hold the ball up is that a fair contribution though so other than the goals his contribution is minimal which is picking up on neil's point really that we don't want to lose tommy but you know he's not scoring prolifically your thoughts mark it's a it's a difficult one because he's been asked to play as a as a, as a lone striker difficult you know, so uh, you know, you could be you could be contained by two big central defenders. Might be relying on a lot of service. If the game stretched, then you you you've got a chance to get to get played in and work in those pockets of space, which he does well at. But you know, in in tight games, you've got to make things happen. He doesn't do that, so he's got to find other ways to bring himself into the into the game, and that's what he, he's failing to do at the moment. And of course. If you're a striker that isn't scoring a goal after an hour, you want you want you bring somebody else. The logical thing is to bring on somebody else, your other striker, to see if he can be effective in that mm. position and replace you. That's that's the way it is at the moment. So we're just rotating them uh, out of failure, really. Yeah. Um, I think they're you know they're both they're both on a, on a similar level. Um, I think Naki can make things happen. Uh, he's got a better shot than Tommy from distance. You know, the way you see him open up his body. Yeah, he's putting a good one over the bar. bar against West Ham, didn't he? He, does, he does make near post runs. So I think there's there there is an option to start him. Um, the other thing you could do, uh, it, I mean, Mameti's going to start because Twine's cut tied. If Sykes is fit. If you play that three four two one, you could you could um, here's one you know play Sykes and and, and Mimetti behind behind uh, Naki Wells. There, that's an option for you because I don't think he'll he'll uh, he'll drop uh, uh, Ross McCrory because I think he's building up. You know, is is he, he you know he's building up his fitness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery free and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. He's imposing himself on games. I think he'll only get sharper. Yeah, uh, um, 100% right there. 100% so, yeah, right. that's an option. No. Um, interesting comment there. Uh, Ian, as Ian said, and um, you said this before, Ian, valuation, this is about Tommy, valuation is for the selling club to decide. I can't buy your house what? I want if you don't want to sell something, but there we go. Uh, Neil, um, a couple of people commented about Zach, Zach Viner. Um, you know, he's on, he got a new contract. Uh, I don't believe he's on the 18 grand a week that somebody on one of the forums put there, but uh, no. who knows? He's not. Hmm? He's not. No, anyway, that's just, that's not me saying that. I, I think he's a benchmark, uh, potentially. I, who knows what he's on? I'm not claiming to but, be in a know with the finances. Go on. But but he, he was accused of doing some Hollywood passes too many, trying to do the Hollywood along the ground ball. He did a dreadful one late on in the game, um, straight to one of their players. And with the form that George Tanner is displaying at the moment, yeah, and with Rob Atkinson coming back to fitness as well, Amra Crory and Sykes, um, Sykes being available. I mean, Zach starts not to become a first-choice selection, yes or no? No. His position's not <laughs> under threat at all. I, th I think what Zach brings you is a pace at the back. You need a pace at the back. You haven't got a pace with Dickie. You haven't got a liquid pace with it. In, in a three, you need Zach in that, in that pace. I think we saw when he missed a couple of games, and I think they went with Naismith in that situation, and Naismith and Dickie, and we didn't oh, have the pace. Oh, no, that was like absolutely yeah. slow. But but I think I think with it, it's an interesting dilemma because Rob comes back into it. I think is the left sided, and then Dicky in the middle. Dick, well, do you find it probably in the middle because he's more. Where's Dicky then? Right, right centre back, and then that calls him question Tanner. It's a good position to be in. Absolutely. But then, what do you do with Naismith? Well, I don't think Naismith makes a starting lineup when he's I, fit. I think Naismith but, might. Uh, be I'll come now. to you in a minute, Mark mm -hmm. Ian. Your thoughts on uh, on Zach? I agree with what Neil says that he brings a bit of pace, but you know, is that the only reason to have him uh, in there? And do you agree with my view that even when fit, Naismith now with everybody coming back, it would seem he's not an automatic selection, is he? No, he's not. And I, I personally, I wouldn't play him necessarily. He can play on the left hand side of the back three. Uh, if if you were at the start of the season, you were picking a back three. You'd probably go Atkinson left, Dickey middle, Viner right. That's what I'd do. Rob Dickey had a, a one game, I think it was a cut game against Norwich on the right hand side of midfield, and Pearson threw him under the bus and dropped him because mm. um, he, he didn't play very well. So I, I think the role in the middle suits him. I think Atkinson, he didn't quit, but he's, he's certainly quick enough, a uh, big, long striding player. Um, so You've got those. I mean, then you've got a selection. You've got McCrory, Sykes, Tanner could play the right wing back role, depending on whether you want to be more defensive or more attacking. Um, so I, I think we're getting options, providing we don't get a you know a lot more injuries. I, Cal Naismith for me, 
would is is would be a holding midfield player because of his passing range and ability. And if he makes a rick, there's somebody behind him to shut the door. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, the, the, I agree about holiday Hollywood passes. I thought some of his, his distribution lately has been shocking, Zach. Um, so uh, and and that was beginning to be a good part of his game. We're tr- Max as well. We you know we're trying this big diagonal out to the wing backs. And it's not always coming off. So we need to do that less often, but do it better. Um, and But we do that because it's no good pumping the ball down the middle because Tommy's not a great aerial threat. I mean, he can head a ball well enough, but it needs to be his height and coming in from across. Yeah. And that's another problem we still got. Our crossing hasn't really improved. Although, yeah. as I said, on the set pieces, they've gone up from about a 6 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10 wow. with Scott Twyman taking them. No, you certainly made a difference. Mark, you put your hand up there to uh, raise a point and we'll just talk about the closing stages of the game to begin with, with you. But um... Yeah, with, with Zach, I mean, he too often tries to force a pass. Uh, so he's, he basically gives the ball straight to their midfielders. Um, in the second half yesterday, Chakavatsi, he, he, he played one straight to, to him. Um, he's better just playing a, a, short, a short pass to a midfielder. What we haven't mentioned, if and you probably all noticed this, because we were having problems with their high press in the second half, especially in the first 20 minutes, we got a lot of mileage out of playing the ball behind their defence. So we knew they were playing that, the players were playing quite high. So we played the ball, especially down the right channel. We played an arced ball behind. And, I mean, Knight was getting the ball, but he was one-on-one of Hook. Ho, ho, hoot, excuse me, and get nothing out of him. He stood up really well. Couldn't beat him for for love or money to get get crosses in. He took too many touches. There weren't, but we didn't get the bodies in the box to to follow to follow night. You know, so it was a profitable ball playing the ball behind the defence to bring the team up. But we didn't get enough bodies to take advantage of it, and we couldn't get past Wesley Hoot, unfortunately. So that was that was something that we can do. You know, transition by playing a quicker pass behind. Don't try and play play uh, through their through their press and lose the ball. Yeah, somebody said it was me that said Tommy was worth fifty million last week. That's a person. So, so you're his agent with, now, are you? It's a person with their name's not there. I'm just wondering who that is. Whether that's somebody picking me up on uh, uh, me name name checking uh, them. Sticking with you, Mark. Um, we 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 had chances to win in the closing stage. I mean, Max did a smart save from uh, was it Jamal Lewis? It was straight at Max. It went canning in into his chest, and I remember that goal. Remember that goalkeeper Tom Heaton that we had for a period before we went on to bigger and better things. Yeah. My weakness with Heat was that the ball always used to bounce off his chest in those that season he was with us. But do you think in the closing stages we had enough chances to win? Because the ball was pinging around in their box and the flying pig, who was on low with us a few years ago, he made a couple of decent saves, you would say. Yeah, Ben Ben Hamer. I mean, they were they were close to him. He wasn't really stretched, unfortunately. So we, uh, I mean, he had a header from Dickie uh, that was straight straight down the middle, um, and then the, there was one where the ball was. I mean, oh, it's got Twine's corners. Excellent. Oh, you yeah. know how many shots? All our most virtually all our shots on target came from Scott Twine corners and free kicks. Terrific, terrific pace and, and trajectory. Uh, so I mean, we had a long range header from Knight, which was into the ground. Really needed Viner flicking it on. Then there was a header where it, which he pushed out. 
uh, right near the end. And then uh, Naki Wells hooked it back in with his right foot across the goal. There was another header from Pring. And I think Livermore kicked it off the line. But, I mean, they weren't in the corner, unfortunately. It just wouldn't It just wouldn't go in. Mm. I mean, you know, it's it's difficult from there. You know, it's a first, it's a first touch. Players aren't steadying, you know, steadying a shot. So you have to get it right in a, in you know in a, in a millisecond yeah. so close but no cigar unfortunately yeah. i think it gives evidence of ian saying if you can have a good one one draw that was it because you mm. know it was we I was finished straight we finished I was, strongly i think that did, was the good thing strong. would you agree with that neil that we finished uh finished yeah strong? I, I thought martin's when he came on at half time on the on the right for uh for Watford was very good mm. gave us a lot of problems in the second half on the right hand side very very good i think the delivery is there from Twine. I mean, my my issue with Twine, and you and Ian were obviously at the senior Reds, and I think Tinian alluded to the fact that Burnley wouldn't shift from their value. That's there. absolutely right. There is no there is no option to buy. Right. right. They wouldn't shift from their valuation. And the other thing, if if Twine, I said to Brian, I said if Twine does well, then between now and the end of the season, the value could go up. And he so, said yes. So, so because you, it, he'll be in the shop window for a club that might want to pay that five million, which is the same as people saying, "Oh, we don't want to, we don't want to develop other clubs' players by by the loan market." So I'm not sure about sort of developing twine. We're not going to be developing twine for a Premiership club in in a Championship, but ultimately the way we're setting up at the moment, if for the last where are we now, eighteen games, eighteen games to go. eighteen games of the season, we're putting all of our emphasis on twine. And every ball trying to look for twine and then twine set pieces and twine. What do we do in the summer? Do we turn around and when twine isn't there, we have to have another reset, don't we? In well, relation to it. Mm. So I think if twine comes into the twine comes into the team and takes brick right raises the level of a number of the other team, other players in the team, or we play better, other players play better. But at the moment, everything's going through twine. So I think against a better team now, another team will look at that and just going back to Eliasson. Do you remember the days of Eliasson when the only guy that could create anything in a team was Eliasson? And so he got double teamed or treble teamed. Yeah. So we're going to be playing <coughs> sides who just like take Twine out of the occasion. Exactly. They're going to look every time, they're going to look for Twine, look for Twine, look for Twine, double team and treble team and whatever we need to do, stop Twine mm. and you stop the team. Mm. So we just, there's that balance to be struck. Mm. And I think in the first half, we were getting the ball 30 yards from goal and we were looking at where's Scott? Where's Twine? Where's yeah. Scott? Where's Twine? Mm. And it was like, come on, just play your natural game. And if if Twine comes into the situation, then Twine comes into the situation. Mm. Mm. But I, as I say, it was like an under 12 game first half because it was like, oh, give the ball best. to the best player. Give the ball to the back, whether he was the right player for the right situation yeah. or not. All right, Ian, do you agree with that view? And 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 Twine, you know, Burnley playing hardball, uh, you know, even if they drop his valuation by, um, well, would would we pay four million for him in the summer? The the thing you've got to look at is how well is he going to play? Mm. If between now and the end of the season he scores ten goals and gets ten assists, I'd cheerfully pay five million for him. If Burnley could ask for more, but if he does that between now and the end of the season, we might get in the playoffs and we might get in the Premier League. So there's loads of things that might happen. Conversely, if it don't go very well for him, we haven't agreed 
to pay five million quid for somebody we won't want no. so i mean there's two things there's an obligation to buy where the fees agreed um which we we had that deal sorted out with taylor gardner hickman he was joining us at the end of the season providing we paid what we'd agreed with west brom um and the fact that andy byman went the other way meant we got him for almost half um so it, it there's a there's that question so we've got we have got options we got the option to say to burnley okay well he's done well for us scott twine wants to stay in bristol he likes it he's a swindon lad so he's not far from where he was born he's probably still got family there or whatever um so um he want the great great thing is that he wants to be here mm. so if he does well it could be well well worth parting with that kind of money and we'll be in a better position to do that in the summer particularly if we sell somebody um if he doesn't play well then we don't need to sign him we need to find another way or a better way so it, it is those options and liam manning strikes me as a young man who knows exactly what he wants to do and exactly what he wants to get and he's striving for that but he can't do unlimited business in this window to put it right because players clubs do not want to lose players in this no. window because they know it's difficult to replace them so we would say to everybody just just calm down and just see how it how it pans out okay mark um as tomo pointed out to me in a whatsapp message earlier this morning uh, liam's had 13 league games uh which is not quite a third of the season 16 points um you know we've got 18 games to go we're sat there on 37 two points a game 36 that will put us on 73. i mean unless we win a little group of three games coming up in the league or we, well, let's say we, we need to win two out of the next three it starts to become a bit of a tall order we're six and eight points behind sixth and fifth respectively in the league um success this season now is starting to look like being in the top 10 would you agree with that with over a yeah third and that, that would have been that, that would have been the same at the start of the season and i think having replaced a manager logical thing for me it's always been we've had to go backwards to go forwards in a way because the man new manager new head coach has wanted to impose a, a different style which is possession based but this we this, the problem we got and i'll bang on about this is scoring goals mm -hmm. we, we haven't solved that problem and when neil uh, mentioned it you take out the middlesbrough uh um hull and watford and 21 in 25 games that is really poor uh for the championship but it's not unusual for us uh you know we really need to score 20 more goals to be effective uh, we're not you know we're we're joint fifth for conceding goals we got one end right but but not the other so if they if like i said and i mentioned this earlier in the pod if the club really want to go for it could they get another striker in? I think they left. I don't think, Mark. Well. I don't think I that's going to happen. I just don't. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying hypothetically, if they wanted to really go for it, like a whole whole city who have really gone for it. Well, Carvalho um, showed his value with the winner at Sunderland, didn't it? Where they're yeah, well, Lee, they Liam Delap. They 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 brought lots. They brought lots of players in. But we brought Scott Swine in because he's a better player than what we than we got. He's got a burning desire to prove himself in the uh, in the championship because his season 
was interrupted last season when he was bought for four million uh, from MK Dons by Burnley. He started off the season, had a bad injury and didn't come back until December. So he's going to want to prove himself. Mm. And he's, you know, he can create goals, great, great set pieces, and he can score goals and score goals himself. Mm. But we got to start scoring goals uh, and the match is coming up. Coventry, Leeds, Southampton are all very difficult, but they will, they will each of them give us some chances. Yeah. So if we can stay in games and edge them, but we're going to, you know, if we, well, we, no, we're no, gonna... you can win again. I mean, the game against Leeds is going to be very interesting, but obviously Coventry before that. So it is. And, well, they're know, better. They're, I mean, and Leeds and Leeds and, and Southampton are better, are both better teams than Watford on, on paper. So um, we're, but we're <laughs> going to have to, we're going to have to add more quality in the final, in the final third. We're the not final doing third, that quite yet. To say, the final but third. we did, but I mean, we had fifteen. We had fifteen touches in their area yesterday. I mean, that's a good thing and a bad thing. But we're getting, you know, we're getting those touches, but not scoring goals. If yeah. we weren't creating opportunities, oh, we'd look, be moaning about it. We're not so, scoring goals. This is the bloody problem. I think. Yeah. Like Neil, I think Manning himself. If you look at what Manning did at Oxford when he went in there, and then that summer, last summer, he got rid of about twelve, thirteen players. <coughs> I think ultimately. We're all sitting here now, and for the last two or three seasons, we've said City don't score enough goals. We don't create enough. We don't. So what are you going to have to do? What What are you going to have? You're going to have to be brave in the summer, aren't you? Mm. Realistically. So for me, I don't see any of the players that are out of contract getting contracts. And I know Joe Williams is playing better and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, you've got to break some eggs, haven't you? Yes, you have. And and you've got to shake it up a little bit with Andrew Club. And there's going to be a load of players like the Naismiths, the Cornicks, Mimetti even. Potentially, who knows? But ultimately, you've got you've got to shake it up. You've got to bring it in. Because where where are we going as a club? No, I know. This no, is eight, right. this is eight seasons we've been in this. No, in this, this is ten. It's ten. Is it ten now? Yeah, God, this is season ten. Yeah, yeah, you, you missed two. In fact, is this eleven? Is this season? No, this is no, season no, no, 10. no, no. It's ten. It's ten. Yeah. But either way, we've since we've come back and after Cotterill's promotion, we haven't been in the playoffs. We're you know we're we're poodling around. Ultimately, there's no point. You know, Einstein thing. That, you know, what is madness? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We're putting that team out that we put out yesterday. Yeah. Is that going to? However, we tinker it. We get got through the game yesterday. Seventy-five minutes. We've done three subs. I'm looking at the bench and I'm thinking, who can we bring on to actually change that game? True. Nobody we can right. put on to actually change that game. I think. Yeah. And then Manning himself. You're looking at it and you're thinking, well, he's not going to change it from. He's not going to change the formation because you're one-one. If you change the formation, you go for it and you lose the game. <clears throat> and his dynamic is very much if you if you if it's one-one. Let's make sure we don't lose the game, which is why he didn't change the formation and probably why he direct swaps the whole time. Direct swaps, direct swaps. But he's got to do something different. All right. he? Ian, what do you think on, on what Neil's saying? I mean, look, there was 23,600 there yesterday. I think it was two and a half from Watford. So, again, you know, eight, seven, circa 7,000 people bothered to pay on the day to come and watch a mid-table team that can't score, Right. Um, should we go for it? Should Liam be more bold with his substitution, shake it up a bit? And, you know, what What? What are your thoughts on that and what Neil's just said? Well, I think there's an element of truth in all of it. 
you 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 know we haven't got a strong squad for two reasons injuries and it's a small squad and that hasn't changed i didn't suddenly change the day liam manning walked in the door we haven't scored goals regularly since the wsm <laughs> broke up and they had to create a lot of those themselves they did so um since that broke up i think we scored 70 odd goals that season we scored about 50 odd and that's where we are so uh, in terms of being brave yeah i think we could go two up top that's a brave step but it's not suicidally brave it's not like saying well yeah we'll go all out and we'll play three central strikers and a winger each side um so you could do that and i think that's what we're going to need to do to get the goals unless the the two tens really start working and like i've said knight isn't a ma i mean knight isn't a massive goal scorer and neither is scott twine i mean he got i think he got three goals in four assists or four goals in three yeah, he assists had for one goals. season he had one season i can't remember what it was no, I'm, I'm not on a, no dave i'm on about i'm not about what he did at mk dons i'm no. on about hull what he's done this season so well, four. Um, I, think, I think he's got four goals there this season yeah it was either four goals in three assists and <clears> three yeah. assists in four I, I can't remember but anyway he, he's not going to get a massive amount of goals tommy's got eight including what two pens now um so you know if he scores a goal a game to the end of the season then yeah the bids are going to start flying in but uh i, I think we we definitely need um, to find a way to score more goals however we do it and i my my first idea the simplest would we'd be to play with two strikers and then you can always yeah. you like you will have better players on the bench who can come in and make an impact if someone gets injured or if you're, you're chasing a game yeah. and you want to make substitutions that's, yeah that's that's my side of it okay um look we need to uh wrap up in a minute um yesterday was celebrating mark the 30th uh anniversary of the win against liverpool as somebody put christ we're celebrating a win in the fourth round of the cup you know that shows the sum total of our achievements as uh as a football club but it was good to see uh keith welsh out there and russell osman making a welcome uh return to ashton gate although reading social media not too many people seem that pleased to see him but uh I think we were all there, or certainly three of us. You were probably there, Ian. I don't know about oh, you. Sorry, uh, all sorry. four of us. Yeah, were I was there. there. Yeah, I was there. Jan. What are your recollections of uh, well that trilogy of games, which were 30 years ago this week? Yeah, I mean, the first one, obviously, people remember it because the floodlights went. And I think, I don't know who was the manager, but um, there was a story that he went into his local pub and they switched the lights off to play a joke on him. Uh, you know, so we had to play the game again, didn't we? And we had some we had some crap players in those, in those days you know the glenn penny fathers and dave martins but they managed you know to 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 pull it together for those two games to play above themselves and really city should have won the game at, game at anfield much more comfortably um yeah. bruce grobler should have got sent off randon the ball outside the box with junior bent junior again uh decided to give the ball to uh, uh you know row row 10 in the uh in the cop uh, with his with his lovely one on one finishing, but um, yeah, my memory of the night was um, not just the strong wins, but uh, we were in the obviously in the away end, and I had the wall behind me, and I jumped up and down on my seat when we scored, and both feet went down the back, and I was stuck there for two minutes while my mate popped a rib, and was laughing his ass off. So uh, oh. that was my memory. But yesterday's celebra yesterday's celebrations very quickly. They're 
on OTIB, some some fans have said, oh, it was a tin pot thing. And what you said, referring to a, a victory 30 years ago, it's because we haven't had things, anything to shout about. We've we touched on this before. That's why we celebrate that. And the, the bigger one is Leeds, on, uh, which is the 19th of February, 74. Coming up, absolutely. Because they had 29 games unbeaten. Remember, we beat Liverpool at Anfield. We and beat them in the cup. And it, job. He got sacked the next day. Or yeah, he got sacked the next day. It yeah. is a big, it's a big thing. Yeah. So that's why we celebrate and, it. And we haven't done much in Barry, between. Barry Tough, and Ava, Russell was the manager. I do know that. Neil, your comments on that that day. And then I've got a scoop. I'll say the right. The thing for me that I always take is that floodlight failure in the first game at one-one, and then blimmin' Les Q made everybody pay again for the next game. You know, normally you'd say. Right, everybody went. Tickets are still valid for the second game. Keep your tickets or whatever, and then and then we'll do do it in. He made us pay twice, didn't he? Well, that's the same. He, as he a, was, no, sorry, you go you go back and look, that there's a thing. What when did the lights go out? Beyond the hour? It's about seventy five. No, you have to pay because I was there back in nineteen seventy six when we played Leeds. I was walking across Greville Smythe Park. And you couldn't see either end of the goals. The there. fog when Chris Garland supposedly scored, 30, didn't they? That 30, was his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, thirty-six thousand people in Ashton Gate, and you couldn't see the Dolman Stand was there then. You couldn't see the other side of the pitch. Thirty-six thousand, and then the rearranged fixture was in that trilogy of games that took place right at the end of the season when Chris Garland scored the winner and won uh, one nil. But Neil Neil's going to leave us. So I'm just going to alter the. Uh, screen format there for those that are watching there we go there we go we're back here ian what are your what are your uh memories you were a young man back then and as as i was yeah 30 years ago yeah um brilliant brilliant day out went up with um went up with a lot of my old friends that i've been going with for years spent a lot of time um in the liverpool pubs and all the rest of it having the crack with some great people out there before the game um i um i can remember sunak uh sunak Carlos, <laughs> suness getting fired Richie. i wish i wish sunak got fired um, sunak, the midfielder <laughs> or Richie yeah sunis uh, <laughs> yeah, got got fired the next game i remember the cops staying behind and clapping us clapping us off i remember that um massive following we had uh, i think all behind the goal and all one side i think it was eight or nine thousand up there yeah. um great day out one of my <clears throat> i'd say one of, one of my all-time favorites along with the coventry game that we drew to stay up um so yeah that, uh, like and it's true what people say yeah we we haven't got a great deal to be um to for us to have a stroll down memory lane and be super proud of or whatever but you know we are we are what we are and um uh, it was nice seeing all those people back on the pitch it's nice to be able to do it because i was talking to neil palmer and he said we were going to do something with leeds for the leeds game and the leeds guy said there's only four of our team left alive and they're not in the best of health no so well, that's 50 it, years it's ago. good it's 50 years ago next month yeah yeah so it, at least we've got and we've got thank god for neil we've got the former players association where players are, are down and they're respected for what they've done it was great to see the chief yes he didn't look as though he'd age wayne allison um so great to see him there um 
Uh, I, Mark, I, Shale, no, Mark Shale still looks like he could play a game of football as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Keith was there. Yeah. Keith Welsh, he's had a lot of health problems. He has had a lot Keith's of health a lov- problems. He's a he... lovely guy. Keith yeah. Welsh is a lovely yeah. fella. Yeah. But, no, you know, people, people call it call it Timpot. It was, it was a gen- genuine celebration of something really good that happened. OK, it was 30 years ago. So what? People, there's a big statue of John Attio outside. What was he playing? 60, 70 years ago? Yeah. Who cares? That's part of the, the history of the club. And yeah. if, you, if you don't like that, well, all right, fine. I think the thing is, you're not going to celebrate in the same way winning the JPT or anything like that. And it was, it was bigger. It was big of its time. As will the Man United win from 2017 be? That'll be right. Yeah, right up there. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. And it's, it's things where we've had a brilliant night, and there haven't been, you know, over the years. And you've been going as long as I have, Dave. <laughs> there haven't been that many brilliant oh, nights. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, look, let's uh, let's wrap up. Um, one thing I've got to say is if you're listening to us on Podbean, and I think it's about one in five listen to the podcast on Podbean, we are migrating to a new platform. should be happening uh, this week because we have been invited to be part of the uh, TalkSport Fans Network. Yeah, so um, we are now going to be uh, – uh, sadly, we're going to have an ad at the beginning, the middle – and at the end, but that's that's the way uh, it, it goes. So we're going to be, Forever Bristol City podcast is going to be part of the TalkSport fans network. I know some people don't like TalkSport, but, you know, it's good stuff. I've got the guys at Watford to thank for that because one of them presents on TalkSport 2, a Thursday night show. I think it's about 6 o'clock. So uh, that's good to be doing that. But if you're listening or watching or listening on Podbean, um, it's probably not going to be, you're not going to be able to do that going forward because Acast and Podbean are, you know, they, they, they're, they're mutually exclusive, I believe. So uh, please make that change. It's on, um, uh, we'll be on Spotify and Google and Apple Podcasts, all the usual ones. But uh, we're looking forward to uh, Friday night's game against uh, Forest. Rather stupidly, I didn't book my parking space on Just Park. So Melanie will be dropping me off before the game and very kind of her to pick me up afterwards. So that's good. Uh, Ian, uh, final word from you. Do, do, do you think we, well, we got a chance against Forest. Do you think we do it? Yes or no? Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> you said yes or no. I said yes. You said yes. I didn't hear that. I have yeah, to. I, I think, Mark, Mark. It, look, it depends which team turns up, but which city team turns up. But yeah, why not? But we've got to play attacking and we've got to score goals because we ain't going to beat them by scoring one goal. All right. Um, Mark, um, do you think we can do it? Yes. Yes. In the fifth round. Then through to the quarterfinals for the first time in 50 years. So why not? Okay. And then let's thing, give it a go. Ian, Ian, yes or no? I know you have your sources, so we're not going to ask you to disclose those. Do you think between now and the end of the window, I'd say Friday, do, how, how many additions to the team do you think there will be and how many might leave? Just two numbers. Uh, are you talking about senior players? Senior. Senior. Yeah, because I know there's this lad from Aldershot that's being linked with us, but how many players of first-team readiness in and, and out? And Josh, Stokes is signed, and he's right. gone back to Aldershot on loan for okay. the rest of the season. Okay. So he's an attacking midfield player. Yeah. Um, but two numbers, two numbers, on, in and out, in and out. Uh, senior players, um, one in one, 
the the player I've been talking about is 70%. The holdup is his club don't want to sell, but I think yeah. they will. So that could be one that happens deadline day, which is unusual for us, but that could be yeah. one. If that player doesn't come in, there are players who uh, at the start of the, uh, the window, we thought may be available and we made inquiries about, but not for perms, for loans. Now, there was a lad who's at Wolves who was linked, and he is one of those players that we could uh, go for as a loan player until the end of the summer when this the, the lad that we want to sign now will 100% be available and wants to come to the club. Okay. All right. So if that makes if that makes sense to everybody, but you know, I've had people on on X say to me, "Well, why don't we get these things done quicker?" Well, <laughs> when you've got lots of different people involved, so you might have a player going out and a player coming in, and they've both got agents and they've both got families, and then you've got two different two clubs they're involved, and it's it's you know Brian Tinian in sat in his office thinking. Well, I'm going to really drag this one out. I think he no, wants the right. bloke yeah, here. Right. They, he wants the, the bloke here yesterday. So, yeah. I, I'm, you know, the, the 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 lad from Aldershot is a bit like Adam Murphy, who at the moment is doing a pre-season with tight training with us because the season stopped in Ireland two months ago. Mm. So he'll be uh, along with him. He'll be fast tracked via the under twenty ones into the first team squad. And and let's see how they go. But I mean, the lad at Aldershot was very, very sought sought after. A lot of, you know, a lot of interest in him. Ipswich, um, Norwich, Derby County, uh, lots of lots of interest in him. Well, he promised. And I mean, we, we we're doing well. It, it's pro- and that's what we've got to go for because, as as Brian said during the um, the Q and A, when 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 the question was asked. Um, what are we um uh, why can't we hang on to our best players and brian Tee didn't explain why you know the, the the player first of all the player wants to yeah. go because the money's massive you imagine being in a job and somebody comes up to you tomorrow oh, and are. that offers you 10 to 12 times what you're on you ain't going to say no just quick one for alley's come here striker from wimbledon no but possibly in the summer yeah that's we know who that is as well. In, unless, wait a minute, unless that's the other thing with the transfer window, it can all change in a phone call. Of course it can. Um, so if if Tommy went, then that might be well, a that yes. Might happen. Mark, I, that was Ian giving uh, uh, an answer to the question. Uh, uh, two numbers, number in, number out. What do you what What do you think might happen? Do you think it might be? Uh, I, I guess the key thing is who might leave. You know, would you think maybe a. Cornick might leave. Yeah, I think Cornick uh, might go uh, might go out on loan, and if there's an agreement there, and I think a, a, a midfield player, attacking midfield player, or what you what you want to call it, will will come in either permanently or on loan, depending yeah. on which way the cards fall. And that's the thing. Remember last transfer deadline day, when we probably dodged a bullet. We were looking at Jack Curry of Wimbledon. And um, I think they upped the uh, we agreed a fee and they upped it some like four hundred thousand or six hundred thousand right. stupid money to get to get him to go out after telling him uh, to his face that he could leave the club on deadline day. They they, they reneged on that, yeah. but we probably dodged the bullet there. 
the way Maybe. things have, of the way things are turned out. So we just don't know. I mean, yeah. it's about somebody said on on here on the chat. It's like a, a chain, isn't it? In a, in a, a housing chain. A house. Somebody at the bottom. One club's got to wait for a player to move before they can buy. It's just the way of the world. Yeah, it is. Well, it's, uh, let's let's wait and see what happens. Exciting game ahead on Friday against Forest. We'll record our match review of that on Saturday morning at nine o'clock. And then the following week, it's Leeds at home. So, again, we'll be doing that on Saturday morning. Don't, don't forget Coventry Day. So, Coventry yeah. away. Sorry. Yeah, that's on the Tuesday night. We'll be doing that on the Wednesday morning at nine. So, all these early morning starts here. I mean, basically, if it's away, we've got to be doing it at six in the evening. And if it's at home, it's the day after, basically. That's it. Good to see Sam Pearson get a brace for his uh, new club, uh, Yeovil, yesterday. They're going to Good luck to the kid. Yeah, he's done. He's done really well. But look, everybody, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for your comments, everyone on the side, uh, on the text feed, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you, addressing you all uh, next Saturday morning. Thanks a lot for listening to Forever Christmas City Podcast. All the best. Goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Cheers. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are ba ba bobbing along. Red Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.